Beaumont's want you to be able to afford your dream space, so they created Beaumont Max. Their maximum value, maximum quality tile range. Tiles under 20 and subways from under 30 bucks. Choose Beaumont Max today. Welcome to Homestyle with Shana Blaze for Beaumont Tiles. Tiles from just $19.95, subways from $29.95. Beaumont's new maximum value, maximum quality tile range. And it is such a pleasure every couple of weeks to jump into the podcast studio for Homestyle. Yes, it is all thanks to the wonderful team at Beaumont Tiles. Tiles from just $19.95, subways from $29.95. Their new maximum value, maximum quality tile range. I'm producer Jane Yield and Shana Blaze, she needs no introduction. Of course, back on our TV screens with the block that kicked off this week, a ratings juggernaut every time it goes to air. And I think 2023 is going to be no exception. So, Shana, welcome to you. Uh, I've seen a lot of you being out and about and doing what Shana does best, which has been glamorous and wonderful. We're going to talk about <laughs> Barbie the movie and the Logies in just a moment. But how does it feel to be back with the block? We'll deep dive on uh, the first episode in just a moment. But it must be great. You know, you sort of have to wait and finally it's on our screens. Look, I'm really excited about it. I mean, this has been, for judging, a very fun one to do uh, because last year, to tell you the truth, doing Gisborne was quite hard and triggering for everybody because it was a real slog for the contestants, the crew. Everything about it was tough. So to come into this one where you literally look over the side fence and you've got the next house, you take two steps to the next one. I didn't have to get in a car to go between houses. I didn't have to put on my, you know, bloodstones in between. Sometimes I did. There was a bit of rain, but it was nothing compared to last year. So just from that perspective, it's already feeling light and breezy. (laughs) I'm really excited because even in just the first episode, we could tell that there was going to be some little clashes between contestants and reminding people who may be new to the show that you don't have all the background information, do you? You come into this fairly much cold. And so when you watched, uh, say, that first episode on Sunday night, suddenly all the little background bits would be falling into place for you. Yeah, we don't even get the background story until we see it on air of who they are, what they do. All we know is their name their age and their state. That's it. And on their profession, sorry, that that's all we know. And so we, we grow to learn about who they are through what they show us. And it is so telling every episode of what, of what we see. And even, um, you know, last night's, uh, last night's sort of challenge, you could see the people that were flawed in the fact of like, I don't know what to do. And then the people that would just rose to the occasion and then people just don't know, well, do we go safe? Don't we go safe? What are the judges going to say? Is this the right thing? And you could actually feel the, I don't know, the the push and pull in the contestants when you walked into the room as well. It, It is amazing how much a room will tell you about a person without ever meeting them. Oh, so interesting, the the psychology behind design and how it reveals Absolutely. <laughs> we'll talk more about that in just a moment. But uh, this time last week, roughly, it was a little bit of a ratings hit as well on our tellies, was the Logies. The TV Week Logies have been going yes. for just forever. I mean, I remember watching it as a kid with all the greats of Australian TV. It seems to have changed a lot over the years. But I wanted to ask you, because I did notice you looking fabulous and glamorous 
on your Instagram account with a whole lot of, you know, basically acknowledgements to your team behind oh, my hair, my makeup, my stylist, you know, shoes, dress. So Shana, for those of us who may never, ever get an invite to the Logies, who just watch it on the TV and think, oh, it must be so glamorous. Is it hard work getting ready for a Logies? And can you kind of walk us through some of the process involved and how far out you actually have to make critical decisions like, what the hell am I going to wear? It is funny in the fact that it, it's fun work but because you have to, you know, you lose three days. You fly up the day before. The Logies takes the whole day from, you know, hair and makeup. You can be in from 8 o'clock in the morning, you know, because there's so many people to get done. And then the next day, you know, you've got to do interviews. You've got to get home again. So you literally lose three days out of, you know, what you're doing. But the fun of it is that, Yes, not many people get to do this. So I just cherish it. And it's our industry night. This is where we get to meet our peers. These are the people that we don't ever see. And these are the people we admire and always want to meet. So there's lots of fangirling that will go on. But really, with the outfits, it it all starts with the inspiration. So Alex Wilson, who is uh, the stylist at Channel 9 that I've been using this year for the block, um, she was the person I spoke to. And we sort of probably about... Six weeks beforehand, we sort of came up with some ideas. Now, the beautiful Sonia Capalazzo, who made my outfit, had a much-needed holiday. So there was all this talk going back and forth between Alex and Sonia while she was in Italy. So there was 2 a.m. calls, there were sketches, then there was like, yes, no, and sort of, you know, it's a real three-way sort of conversation. And so Sonia flew in from Italy on I think on the the Wednesday and I couldn't get in to see her till the Saturday morning and the Logies was the following week. So Sonia had a week to put it all together and it she's a professional. She's walking different distance from my house, but because she's dressed me before, she knew how my body worked because a couture gown is completely custom fit to your shape, your measurements. And, you know, there's about three fittings there. And with somebody who hasn't worked with you before, it could be up to five. So there's a lot of work that goes into it in the stages up there. It's not just sort of deciding on the dress, having one fitting, and then ta-da, the the, the outfit comes. You know, there's the fabric selection. There's um, the tweaking of your height. What are the shoes you're wearing that's going to make sure that we get that right elegance? And then while that's being done, Alex goes off and and starts doing the jewellery selection. Then, you know, what handbag? And then also, well, what is the hair and makeup going to be? So that's already discussed, you know, before we get to hair and makeup, but it's pre-planned so that we know that we've got the exact outcome that we want. We will put a link in the show notes, but to describe your gown, oh, it's a beautiful, you know, nice figure-hugging black number, but just above the bodice goes into, is it sequins, is it crystals, it's sparkly and silver and a, a lovely sort of turtleneck but bare shoulders. And then are they gloves, Shana, or is that actually part of the dress? But you know what? That's a hard thing. We, we, hard, hard, we tried to define them. They're sleeves, but they're almost like big mittens because it goes down over the, over the fingers. So it wasn't connected to the dress, but it was part of the dress fabric. And that beautiful metallic was an incredible heavy material. It was actually a diamante glow mesh that Sonia had made up 
quite a while ago and specifically wanted to use it for an outfit. So she already had it sitting there. And can I tell you that mesh around my neck, I couldn't actually move my neck uh, like left or right. Because it was so chunky, I was like like one of those um, beautiful tribal warriors that have all those um, metal bands around their neck. That's sort of what it felt like, but it was still comfortable. Uh, and I have to say, the fabric had a very tiny stretch in it and a big split up the back. And this is something everybody doesn't realise, that I could actually go to the toilet. So there's many outfits that I have not been able to go to the toilet. And people say, well, just get someone to help you. Well, half the time you need two people to hold the dress in place while somebody tries and zips it up. And then when everybody's had a couple of drinks at the Logies, no one's going to come into the bathroom and do your dress for you. But then on top of that, I had a dress one year that had about 35 buttons with little loops. So I 100% couldn't go to the toilets, which means that you have to stop having food and liquids from about nine o'clock in the morning. So that by the time you put, so by the time you put your dress on about, midday that you are literally dehydrated so you don't have to go to the toilet that is hard work <laughs> oh my goodness i thought getting married was a, a whole you know rigmarole with the the dress and the pacing yourself but the logies it sounds like doing a whole wedding sort of day yeah. all over again it is. It, it's. It, that's where it becomes hard work. And, and the thing is also you're sitting at a table where everybody's drinking and eating and you're sitting there and you, you feel like a waif, you know, going, oh, my God, I can't wait to get this dress off so I can actually have even a glass of water, let alone a champagne. <laughs> Beauty is pain, as I think they said in the film Grease. Um, yes. Was there anyone that you were fangirling over? Was there someone that you ran into perhaps for the first time or you've seen over the years but don't necessarily get to see in the run a mill day of your working sort of life that you were just like, got to say, hi, I really love your work? Uh, <laughs> look, I think the cast, the cast of Deadlock was amazing. That was really cool. But also Poe. So Poe I've worked with on Harris Scarf and we have been trying to see each other for over a year. And so to run into her on the, the red carpet was just so beautiful. And I, I think it's just really exciting when you're friends and you get to do this with, with friends is so amazing. And, and Darren was my wingman, so that was fun. And I have to say, I bumped into Georgie Parker, and I've bumped into her a couple of times on the red carpet. And you stand there and you have this really simple human conversation with people that are supposed to be opposing you. They're on the separate channels. And you just get to have this really normal conversation as though you've just bumped into someone from school committee. And it's just really beautiful. So I think all those parts of it are pretty incredible. Um, I would like to say to any network heads out there, if you want a, a show on Australian TV with the two best laughs on Aussie TV, Poling Yao and Shana Blaze, that would be a scream. <laughs> <laughs> and oh my God, you would get the craziness without a doubt. Because we're both, we're both a bit crazy. Absolutely. Of course, you are listening to Homestyle. It's all thanks to Beaumont Tiles. Tiles from just $19.95. They've got the subways from $29.95. Head on into Beaumont's. It's their new maximum value, maximum quality tile range. Um, and the after party. So I'm now imagining you going, all right, I need to get into trackies for the after party because I need to at least have a glass of bubbles. But uh, did you party on or was it straight back to the hotel, Shana, and behaving yourself? 
No, I definitely party because um, I had a, another dress. So I got another dress back at the room, went back, got changed. And this was the very first year. So I, very first year that we all got to mingle because usually there's a very small uh, party at the front at the foyer where Foxtel puts on. That wasn't happening this year. And then we usually then go to our own channel celebrations. And so this year there was one party. So everybody from every channel went to this party. So I thought, man, I'm going to that. And when I got there, so it's it's, it's midnight by the time you get there because it's a very long night. It's midnight and it was three big rooms and it was like a nightclub from the 80s. It was insane. The dancing was off the charts. There was food everywhere. There was lights flashing. And to tell you the truth, there was quite a bit of dancing going on. Then after a while, I just wanted to talk to people. You could not hear a thing. You're screaming over your top of voice. And then I went, oh, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. But, you know, that was probably about three o'clock. Went back and then I had to be up at um, seven o'clock for an interview with um, Husey Erin. And so that was quite funny. Oh, wow. What a night. But look, I thought it was great. Sam Pang was awesome as a host and I felt like there was a real vibe again. Did you enjoy him in the room? Was there a lot of love? (laughs) The whole room enjoyed him. I think that was, and I'm so glad it came across on, you know, the, the program when people were watching it because the essence in the room was so exciting because the amount of times that the monologue would start and it falls a little bit flat and it, and that sets the scene for the whole room and Sam was so on point everybody was just enamored with him and you could feel the energy in the room and it stayed all night and so that was that was a real buzz well, and for plebs like me, I was actually on Instagram and suddenly Julia, <laughs> Julia Morris was just doing live Instagram um, as awards were being given out and you could hear all of the chatter and all the sort of funniness behind the scenes as well. And it's like, wow, it's amazing now with social media that you can actually feel like you are in that room through things like Instagram Live. <laughs> it's funny too because normally when we're in the room, there's big TV, big screens everywhere. So we can actually see the broadcast. We can see, you know, when they take the camera to the tables and all that sort of thing. They didn't have that this year. Oh. And so we sort of didn't really know what anyone was seeing other than what was on stage. So it was it was a really sort of different environment. Excellent. Well done. Uh, thank you for that little insight. I love, love hearing about behind the scenes on things like that. Now, the other thing, which I think this definitely comes under style icon, Barbie is back. I want to hear about yes. your experience of, I haven't seen it, so no spoilers, uh, Shana. I tried to drag my nine-year-old son along to Barbie on the first weekend and he said, I think I'd rather see Oppenheimer, Mum. And I'm like, oh, get out. I want to see a feminist manifesto. Um, but I think when we talk about style, we talk about design. I don't know there's too many women on the planet who either in a positive or maybe even a negative way where it's like, oh, gosh, well, I'm never going to look like Barbie. But that Barbie was not part of their childhood. I had a Barbie bus. I had handmade Barbie clothes by my mum and grandma, which were highly embarrassing. What about you, Shana? Tell me about your Barbie memories from being a kid and then about the movie. I didn't have Barbie at all. 
I didn't have Barbie at all. I had sort of more life-size dolls. One of my favourite ones was I had a velvet doll. So there was a velvet and a Chrissy doll and they had like a little button in their stomach and the hair would come out and you'd do hairdressing and then you'd roll it up at the back. So that was sort of my sort of girly experience. But my daughter, you know, I thought, well, I never had Barbie, so I'm going to give my daughter all the Barbie. She had the bus, she had the pool, she had all these different Barbies. She didn't really play with it. It wasn't her thing. But (laughs) I've always loved the parts of Barbie that she has been all these different careers And initially it was just being the perfect body and then it was being, well, I can be an astronaut, I can be an air hostess, I can be a mother, I can be a doctor, I can be a lawyer, I can be a judge. So there was all that um, that I loved seeing the evolution of Barbie and I think that's the thing, that I loved the evolution. And really in the movie, it was so well done. It was so well done and I reckon your son would love it too because it's not just Barbie, it's um, Ken. And so the it's the male perspective of the matriarchy. So we, we do live in a patriarchy world and there is that little political part of it. That, but when you're in Barbie world, you're in matriarchal world and then the, the guys are fine with it till they realise that there's another world out there. So there's that push and pull of what it all means to be equal and not equal. And I really reckon your son would have a lot of opinions about that. And I think it's a really healthy discussion. And I think I think that's what I love about this movie is the amount of discussions we've had about this. And even with, like, my son and daughter-in-law, they went. And then my son got quite defensive that, wow, you know, this and that. And then all of a sudden we both said, well, hey, maybe – Let's not talk about that part of it. Let's talk about the set design. (laughs) So there's some really good conversations coming out of it, and that's what I think is so good about it. It's not about just the fashion and the design. But can I tell you, if anybody loves set design, the set on this is hysterical because it literally is life-size Barbie. It is life-size, the houses. She comes down the slide and she lands in the pool, but the pool is just a picture of a pool. And then it's just everything about it is hysterical. It really is quite hysterical. And I think the attention to detail from Greta Gerwig is phenomenal. And the fact that there's so many different types of Ken, so many different types of Barbies, that I think everybody can relate to it whether you had a Barbie or not. Yeah, I think it's it's fascinating just to see how you actually interpret something like a toy into an actual movie. Yeah. I think you and I, I'm, I'm hopeless. Like I spend more time looking at the background and the setting and the set design and, you know, all of the objects that have been brought into a scene thinking, why did they put that there? That looks so original, but that looks, you know, that I think I'd be really annoying to actually see a movie with like this. Uh, I just absorb it. Sometimes if, if the set design is absolutely incredible, I, I keep missing the plot because I'm just so focused on everything. And I, I think this is really, really clever, very, very clever. And I think, you know, there'll be a lot of um, film studies on this. You know, it starts off a little bit, you have that feeling, oh, this could be a bit Wes Anderson. And you go, no, it's Greta Gerwig. And, you know, I, I think it's really clever. And I really, honestly, Jane, I really hope you can get your son to see it for the conversation because I think he'll get something out of it. 
Yes, and also it's, uh, you know, being hailed as the film to get people back in the cinemas as of the beginning of this week uh, has just raked in a billion dollars at the box office. And you've been dabbling in film, of course, with the Fort movie, Shana. So I guess really exciting to see that people are going, no, I'm going to the cinema. I'm not just going to stay at home. And even the fact that people are getting dressed up and getting the pink gear on for the premieres, it's kind of exciting to see film a little reinvigorated, isn't it? Look, absolutely, and I think we've been oversaturated with lots of, and nothing wrong with these, so please nobody complain, but we have been oversaturated with Marvel movies, Bond movies, Mission Impossible, which are fantastic, but they're the same concept the whole way through but with a few little tweaks, whereas this is something completely different that has got people out there, and so is Oppenheimer. And I think the thing is that, um, you know, as an independent filmmaker, we've really struggled to get people back to the theatre and talking to people in the theatres that we would show our movie and there's seven cinemas and on a Thursday night and we were the only film showing, which is really quite sad because if we don't start going back to cinemas, we're going to lose that history. And I don't know about you and I, I, I... I hope people are thinking about this too, that we've got all these streaming services now. But you think of the amount of streaming services you're paying for, it's actually adding up to a lot of money. And so the experience of going to a movie out with your friends or you go and then you want to talk about it to your friends gets you more engaged and more excited than when you're sitting in your lounge room. So I, I think the we can have the best of both worlds. But if we don't start making the effort and really going to cinema, we're going to lose it. And all of a sudden we've lost that part of history. Now, I also did see in the post Barbie uh, little glow there, Shana, on your Instagram, uh, one of your homes that you designed for Montgomery Homes has got like the pink in the bathroom and pink is so big right now. Do you think that's something that, I mean, you've been ahead of the trend perhaps in in seeing some of those colour palettes coming into your design, but do you think it'll sort of last for a while now? Uh, look, pink has been, pink make a big change probably about seven or eight years ago. So we started having these different um, pink tones that were musky, then they were sort of blush, and then they were quite a deep, um, a deeper sort of Barbie pink, if, if I, I can call it that. But I think we've been celebrating the feminine, feminine side of interiors a lot more than what we had in the past. It was very minimalist, very brutalist, um, and that was sort of the backlash of the brutalist design. And we're coming into that more sort of balanced feminine and masculine. And so uh, the the undertones of pink will not go away because we've got that little, you know, that we've got the 70s influence and the 80s influence, which has that salmon sort of undertone, but the salmon tends to be more offensive than the pink. And there is, I, I really think um, the, the pink is here to stay at whatever extreme will be up to your personal taste, but the, the blush and musk undertones are, are definitely here for a while. Yeah, and, and being embraced, my son actually said, Mum, my favourite colours are pink and purple now. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, gave him a little lecture about how, as a kid, I liked the, the boyish colours and was a tomboy and would have been laughed out of town if I said I didn't like pink as a young girl in the 80s. It was so cool to think that it's now pretty gender neutral too. Yeah, and I think that's really cool that um, naturally – Girls, you know, do go towards girly things and boys do, but we give them the option. And I think that's just the the best thing that we can do, that that we give them all the colours of the rainbow, all the colours of the spectrum, where they can actually go, 
this is the color I like today. This is the color I like today. And, you know, if we like green one day, it might be yellow the next day. And that's sort of how you live life, really. And um, to think that boys are allowed to have that color in their palette without feeling like there's a backlash, because I feel like girls can say that they like blue and it doesn't matter. But if a boy says they like pink, it really used to be an issue, whereas now that has changed and we've got to move forward with that, that there is no reason that we shouldn't like a colour or a movie or a doll just because of a gender reason. Oh, absolutely. Of course, you are listening to Homestyle. It's all thanks to Beaumont Tiles. Tiles from just $19.95. They've got the subways from $29.95. Doesn't matter whether you're doing the laundry, the bathroom, the kitchen, head on into Beaumont's. It's their new maximum value, maximum quality tile range. And of course, Shana, uh, Beaumont Tiles are a big part of the block again in 2023. Now, no spoilers for people like my sister Karina, who will be listening, who says, don't talk too much detail because I save it all up and then binge watch the block on my day off. So let's just talk about the very first sort of setup. So Shana, these 1950s houses are everywhere in Australian suburbs, aren't they? Like there are so many streets where you can still drive down and see a house or even on real estate listings. And it's like that couple has lived there for the last 40, 50 years. It probably has not changed since they moved in. And then we see the visualisations, the architectural pictures of what these homes are going to be transformed into. Do you think this season on the block could perhaps more so than any in the past be the kickstart for a reinvigoration or perhaps, you know, that passion for people to go, hang on a second, it's not just about painting and redoing floor coverings. You can transform these shells of 50s houses into incredible, incredible modern homes. Look, I think I'm going to have to pull you up on one little thing there, Jane. It was 70 years ago. How frightening is that? (laughs) You're saying maybe 40, 50 years ago. It was 70 years ago. So we are talking historical. We're talking historical. Now, the thing is with these 1950s houses, and I have seen on a few chats that people are saying that, you know, these these should be heritage listed and these should be, you know, sort of noted and, and shouldn't be changed. These 1950s houses were part of suburban sprawl. So these are not noted architects. So definitely 1950s houses should be protected, but these are part of the urban sprawl, like we are seeing, you know, people call them modern monstrosities. It is that type of style um, in the fact that the bricks are amazing, the look is amazing, the lifestyle is amazing, but the architecture is not something that is something that, it's part of being noted in our history, but they're not historical houses. They are telling us what 1950 was. I would love, I've I've done quite a few 1950s houses and we haven't changed the exterior at all. The great thing about 1950s, and I've done a couple of articles about it, is that it has a similar starting point, like 1920s and 1970, in the fact it's just linear and they're boxes other than Art Deco has this beautiful detail, 1950s do have some beautiful cornicing, but it is very simplistic and you can put any type of personality on top. So I think this is the extreme change of a 1950s house is that it's telling you that you can go quite modernist in a 1950s home. And the, the thing is that they are a beautiful starting block. Oh. 
No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what stunned me so much was I was sort of expecting, oh, yeah, they'll just add on to the bat. But they're literally wrapping the facades with these huge new structural elements that just take them into, you know, 2020s. Uh, Incredible. Yeah, like the, and the thing is, like that's the very first time, like us as judges and the contestants has ever seen the exterior. Like they never get that opportunity, and that's why a lot of the time, like the exterior and the interior, have a little bit of a point of difference. But from day one, the exterior is going to help them set the scene for what the interior is, and. To tell you the truth, I'm really glad because it gives them a little bit of a guide because otherwise they'd be starting off completely blind, not having an idea of like, well, where are we going to take it? Because the last four or five years we've had 1920s, we've had Oslo House, we've had Brighton, we've had, you know, 1910s, 1920s, we've had country. So they've always had this little guide of what it's going to be. So the exteriors are literally a guide for them of going, well, this is a possible direction that you can lead it and give you a starting point. Yeah, I figured that the motivation behind that must have just been council approval, that the council wanted to know, what are you actually going to do with this before we give you permission? Or do you know whether that's the case or is it just a change oh. in direction for the show? Well, no, 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 that, that happens every year. The council does need to know every year, but the, the um, contestants don't need to know uh, that. Yes. So the, the exteriors are put together, like, you know, those big exteriors. But they've also been removable, um, sorry, portable houses, so that you've got the exterior already set there. Any architectural exterior of what's there has to be approved by council before the show even starts. Oh, there's so much work that goes into it. Now, of course, for this, the house selection, we saw contestants and these new couples that we haven't met before, love the sort of story set up, actually designing a kid's room. So just go and watch this episode at least. Uh, well, perhaps pause and then go and watch it if you haven't already. But I wanted to ask you, Shana, about the fact that Eliza and Liberty no experience renovating whatsoever, which you've said you wouldn't have known when you were judging. And then we've got like Steph and Gian. Steph is actually an architect. I mean, it is such a massive difference in the skill sets that some of the couples bring to the block. Like how, I I can't even comprehend how you would walk into a show like the block with no renovating experience at all. (laughs) Look, I think the thing is that, um, We've had, like, you think of Alyssa and Lissandra. They didn't. True. And they won. And now they are interior designers with a very successful career. So I don't think people should be scared that they don't have the experience because if you want to learn, you will learn. And if you listen to us as judges every week, you will learn, you will grow. Listen to your builders, listen to the suppliers, the manufacturers. All that is knowledge there for you to grow and and take and having a trade behind you isn't always to your advantage and you know we've, we've had years where there's a builder where there's a plumber there's a tiler there's a lot of scrutiny on you because that one that is your skill and two they think that means that they can save more money so they're physically doing it so when they're physically caught up in it, it means that they're not being able to keep their eye on everything else. So I don't think it's always a win because you've got a trade in there. And I know a lot of past contestants have complained. doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to win just because you've got a trade. And also, just with Gian, she's 26. There's not a lot of life experience in there. So I think that's the thing also, that that 
could that work for or against? Have a look at the challenge room. Mm, very interesting. Uh, and Alyssa mm. and Lissandra are actually going to be our guest on Homestyle very soon, uh, thanks to Beaumont's and yes. the maximum value, maximum quality tile range. I want to play you a little bit of audio. So uh, with no spoilers as to who won the Kids Bedroom Challenge, I just want to sort of look at maybe the concept of a brief and here's what you're meant to be doing this week and whether Stefan Gian, um, Gian actually managed to do that. So this is what they said when their room revealed that there was a couple of toys in the corner but it very much looked like an adult kind of a design. We took the view of having a bit more of a, um, a room that a kid could grow into as well. Righto. We're here to not give the conventional version of anything. You can actually have a kid's room from an earlier age that can evolve with a child, which is actually more economical, instead of creating a nice little kid's space that you're going to have to renovate every five years. Oh, is that just saying, I didn't actually want to do a kid's room, so we did an adult room and then pretended that we're just being unconventional. Did that rankle you just a bit, Shana, when you, as the judges, walked in and went, where's the kid's room? Thoughts? Oh, my goodness. Well, one, that is definitely architect speak. And she's 26. She doesn't have children. And that was the most boring bedroom for an adult, adult, let alone a child. And I think that when people come up with those comments, they're making excuses. And the thing is also not a problem that they're hoping to bring this but this was a challenge with a specific brief. If you're hoping to bring such and such to the block, do it when you start your house. This was a challenge with a very specific brief. And I'm just putting it out there. If anyone's had a build, do the architects always stick to the brief? <laughs> <laughs> so were you going red flags, red flags, red flags when you saw that room? Were you like, this couple is not going to want to play by the rules? Oh, you know what? I didn't even know she was an architect when we walked in. It was only to, later on we sort of, you know, we as soon as we sort of halfway through realised that, you know, her career was an architect. And I have to say, straight away, I thought, oh, dear, I hope the ego doesn't get in the way because it was like my way or the highway. And that's okay if you have a very specific look and feel and that that's that's everything. But all I can do is going, I hope she's going to listen to the feedback. That's all. Uh, it's such an interesting season. The setup is fantastic. Looking forward to watching it over the next couple of weeks and speaking to you soon, Shana. And a reminder, we're going to take some listener questions next time on Homestyle. So if you have a question for Shana, podcast at sen.com.au. And thanks to Beaumont Tiles, Shana will be answering your questions. The hashtag, what would Shana do? So podcast at sen.com.au. I've got a couple in the mailbag I'm saving up for you, Shana for next fortnight. So fantastic to speak to you. And thank you so much for sharing a little slice of your life, especially the behind the scenes of the Logies. Love it. <laughs> uh, can I just say that we're so lucky to be able to do something like that. And it really is a total highlight. And, you know, we sort of treat it like our golden globes. I know people say, oh, it's dated. It's had its time. But we don't get to have a Christmas party with our friends, our peers or anything like that. And that's pretty much it for us. 
Yeah, actually, yeah. It's an industry where you all work so hard. Anyone who's ever worked in any kind of film or TV production, you guys do work really, really hard. The the hours on the set, I'm sure, it must yeah. be sort of hard to feel like you can actually, you know, let yourself go a bit once a year. I think you all well and truly deserve it. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, Shana. A busy couple of weeks coming up while we all get hooked on the block 2023. Of course, you can watch it on Channel 9 Live or you can just uh, head to 9 now, which is what I do. And I love it. You can actually just catch up with the live version or you can pause it and watch it at a later time. So super easy to do. And of course, thanks to Beaumont Tiles. They've got tiles from just $19.95, subways from $29.95, Beaumont's new maximum value, maximum quality tile range. And that is what we all need in our lives at the moment, a bit of maximum quality and uh, great prices. We're all seeking for it. So head to the Beaumont website. There's a whole Shana Blaze page on Beaumont's website, which includes the feed of the podcast, Shana. So plenty of your tips and lots of great content there too. So much fun. There's really good variety. And I, I think that the value of the packages is just so important for people to use to get inspiration. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, Shana. And we'll catch you in a couple of weeks here on Homestyle. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze for Beaumont Tiles. Tiles from just $19.95, subways from $29.95. Beaumont's new maximum value, maximum quality tile range. Beaumont's want you to be able to afford your dream space, so they created Beaumont Max. Their maximum value, maximum quality tile range. Tiles under 20 and subways from under 30 bucks. Choose Beaumont Max today. Beaumont.